0: Three, three, two, two, one, one. the the best, the best.
1: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a debate started. And it's still raging, Who's the best Star Wars character? I'm your host, Sandro Minetti, and today we'll be debating everyone from Jabba the Hutt to Jar Jar Binks, droids to Darth Vader, all the familiar heroes and villains will be discussed, ending in the result of the public vote. Soon we'll hear from an actress from the latest movie, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, but first let's meet our expert guests in the studio who have got their lightsabers at the ready and are ready to join the debate. Henry Parizek is an authority on Star Wars creator George Lucas. He wrote and starred in the hit play George about the circumstances which inspired the creation of the franchise. He's also a producer and his feature film Treason opens later in 2020. Hi, Henry. Hey, Sandra. Thanks for having me. And with him is a Star Wars super fan. The man's obsessed. The force is strong in this one. Welcome, Christopher Wyndham. Hello, everybody. Thank you for
2: having me, Sandro. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Pleasure. Henry, let's start with you. What was George Lucas's original concept for Star Wars? So, Star Wars kind
3: of came out of the fact that he was offered to direct uh, Apocalypse Now from Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Because it was a Zoetrope production and going back to even... Pre-THX, he had helped write the script and he kind of got tired of war movies at the time and he really wanted kids to have a fairy tale. So he said no to Francis, I want to make my space movie. And so he looked at his big influences kind of based off the serials he saw as a kid. So he took the best elements from Flash Gordon, Kurosawa movies, and he kind of combined them all together.
1: He was the Tarantino of his day. He was ripping off other genres and stories to create the ultimate story. Was that that a yes? More or (laughs) less. More or less. (laughs) Okay. Well, how history could have been different if he'd done Apocalypse Now? Oh, it would have been weird. Yeah, it would. Uh, I wonder if he'd have put C3PO in it. It would have been very, very, Fair. very different. So, you know, the first movie was, of course, uh, Star Wars A New Hope, uh, became a huge success right out of the gate. Christopher, why was that first movie so important and influential?
0: I
2: think, above other things, it showed us an entirely new realm of possibility, not only for film, but for imagination. Things that we had never seen uh, before on television, on movies, anything else. We saw lasers, we saw flying ships, we saw different planets across the galaxy. We saw a planet being blown up, which is something I don't think that anyone had ever ever considered before. You know, you see houses and villages being pillaged and burned, but an entire planet being exploded and seeing the, the true devastation of what this weapon, this Death Star can do was something that was like shocking, but uh, brilliant and emotional
1: all at the same time. And for both of you, why has this franchise endured since then and expanded in a way that continues to fascinate? I think it's just because it's almost
3: mythical, you know, and its it does have that tinge of fairy tale that whether you know you're seven years old, you're seeing these characters, you find characters you can believe in and like look up to, or even in someone around 30 to 40, you, like, you can look at Han or you can look at Leia and you can see people your age that you want to aspire to be like. And it just, it's kind of transcended time because, mostly because it's in a galaxy far, far away,
1: we don't necessarily have to place it in our own world. It's an escape for us that we, we want to go to, you know? And what about you, Chris? I mean, there's so many other franchises, but Star Wars is the one that really sort of spoke to you. So what is it about the enduring appeal of these characters?
2: Um, Above other things, I think what Star Wars has done for me, uh, and I think, well, not just me, you know, millions of people uh, it's given us this f- kind of fictional religion it's given us the the force and the Jedi and the Sith and this idea that there's this great universal balance, which is the force that um connects all living creatures and all planets and all these things and it doesn't have to be tied to any real world religion or anything that you know that we're actually struggling with it's like this whole fictional thing. Everyone can be a Jedi Knight in their mind. Everyone can pick up a a fake lightsaber or a stick or something and just imagine (laughs) that they're Obi-Wan or they're they're Qui-Gon Jinn or one of these great characters that we've fallen in love with. That's a real
1: gift to the world. You're right. I mean, there is a Jedi religion as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, George Lucas uh, clearly created something uh, amazing. I met him once in a toilet. Um, you know, I was uh, actually at a, a urinal, or urinal as, uh, as as you would say, Henry um, and uh, I'll never forget it, it was November the 6th, 2001 it was at the uh, after party uh, for the premiere of a movie called The 51st State, I'm sure you all remember that one, Samuel L. Jackson was the star um, played an American drug dealer in Britain, and uh, George Lucas who'd recently cast him as Jedi Master Mace Windu in the prequels uh, was there, so I go to the toilet. I'm I'm, I'm just there, and I look to my left, and there's George Lucas. I look to my right, and there's Samuel L. Jackson. You know, I was in a Star Wars sandwich. It was very overwhelming. I, you know, I didn't know where to look. I, you know, certainly didn't want to look at their lightsabers. But uh, you know, I I, I look left. I, 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 I look right, and as I turn to look at Samuel L. Jackson, I pee on his shoes. (laughs) <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson goes to me, Mother bleeper! <laughs> now, which is the word you always most associate yeah. with, Samuel L. Jackson. It's a so, mantra. Isn't it? I, I, I didn't think it was the time to ask for an autograph, so I just made my apologies, washed my hands and, and, and <laughs> left. But uh,
2: You didn't uh, take a bit of loo roll and try and... Pop it up
1: I I maybe should (laughs) have done Now uh, Henry uh, As I mentioned at the start You've uh, written a wonderful play About uh, George Lucas Mm -hmm. In your research What did it surprise you most To learn about him? I think his stubbornness
3: Was what I found most interesting Because he I mean for the better of the movie He'd never really backed down on anything You know he wanted to make it For 20 million dollars at Fox But they would only give him 8 But he kept just pushing And pushing and pushing And insisting that you know, he hire college kids that aren't in any union to work them quicker and cheaper, and they were like, "No, we probably shouldn't do that." But he, the stubbornness out of George, he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and that's almost to me now his biggest characteristic, and it's the one that I really had to like hone in on when playing him, and just his his inventiveness, just in every aspect. Even going back to THX, THX was kind of the first, I guess, not dystopic sci fi movie in the '70s, but like you look at Logan's Run. A lot of the imagery comes from THX there, and every movie that he's done in the 70s was so innovative, and it's just because of his
1: stubbornness and his imaginative. Chris, was George Lucas's legacy tarnished by the prequels?
2: By the prequels? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, No.
2: I think with the uh, advent of this new trilogy, I think we can actually look back at the prequels and have a bit of nostalgia, and actually start to see them in a new light now, because they're, it's, they're mm. no longer the worst Star Wars trilogy.
1: <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you always come to hate what you love, don't you? <laughs> well, we'll get to the new one in, in just a moment. That sounds quite promising. What, uh, what about you, Henry? How do you look back on the, uh, on, on the prequel uh, films? You know, Because he was still very much mm-hmm. hands-on with those, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he? Uh, almost more so
3: than ever. He didn't really have anyone telling him no. Um, And they were all actually independent movies They were distributed by Fox But George financed them all himself And only he had Rick McCallum telling him no And Rick never said no Uh, He came from young Indiana Jones But they're kind of a To me they're a great pair Because this is how young I am Phantom Menace was the first movie I saw in theaters Wow So I actually look really really nostalgically at those movies Like Phantom
1: Menace for for nostalgic reasons is my favorite Now even as a kid Mm -hmm. Did you know Jar Jar Binks was rubbish?
3: At the time, no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I think he actually, he works for kids, but in any adult gaze, he does not work. Mm -hmm. Ahmed Best, who played him, where is he now? He's teaching at USC. Teaching what? Teaching acting.
1: Oh, right, not yeah. teaching Jamaican patois accents, right? <laughs>
3: there might be a course,
1: a second course. <laughs> yes. Well, he's teaching acting at USC, yeah. the uh, the controversial university. How about that? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it sounds like um, uh, Chris. Then you're no particular fan of the more recent uh, trilogy brought to us by J.J. Abrams and uh, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams again.
2: Uh, Jar Jar Abrams, perhaps we should call him. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I think that so many people, of course, because Star Wars is everyone's baby, it's not just one fan or a few fans or American fans or UK fans. It's it's the whole world's baby. And so you have to be really, really, really careful when you take this and give it to someone who's not George Lucas. And they've given it to J.J. Abrams, who's... Um, he rebooted Star the Star Trek, mm-hmm. and uh, which some people loved, some people hated, but he took it in a new direction. And I think what he's best known for, I think, now, is uh, kind of copy-pasting the old stories and just adding new faces to them. And I think that's what he tried to do with the new Star Wars franchise. We have uh, so many similarities between the new trilogy and the original trilogy
1: i i agree i mean the characters are like a pale imitation of the original stars you've got poe dameron who's a poor man's hand solo you've got finn who's so boring to me you've got ray as as the the chosen one she's just okay bb8 is rubbish not a patch on r2d2 but you've got kylo ren the masked menace he's the new dark lord of the star wars universe and i think Adam Driver's fantastic acting intensity and temper tantrums, um, I, I would say, elevate uh, this newer trilogy over the over the prequels. So without him, they'd be in trouble. What do you think of the most recent trilogy, Henry?
3: You know, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here.
1: I actually really love the movies. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and I think it's because, for one, I kind of have Star Wars blinders on. Whenever I'm watching something Star Wars, I kind of just see it as, you know, that kid that saw Phantom Menace when he was, when he was five for the first time, you know? cuz i i do think force awakens especially it is just a copy and paste but i think that was almost a smart move because it kind of for the people that didn't like the prequels it could kind of reinvigorate their love for star wars and it can get new kids on board using the same kind of nostalgia tricks that you know he used for his 2009 star trek i really really love last jedi i think that might be the most controversial take but i think ryan johnson really pushed star wars in a in a new direction while still kind of honoring um what George did and what JJ did too
1: and Yeah, The Last Jedi has that fantastic scene near the end where um, the the, the might of the force of the the bad guys is thrown at Luke Skywalker and he just does the Taylor Swift shoulder brush, shake it off Mm. move, or at least his hologram (laughs) does. I thought that was fantastic stuff. So, obviously we have divided uh, opinion um, on the new saga. I recently spoke to an actress from the latest film in the saga, The Rise of Skywalker. Raghad Shah appears in several scenes as a rebel officer. I asked her how it felt to get the part.
0: So getting this part was a huge surprise to me as um, it came out of the blue completely as I hadn't auditioned for a role. I got a call one day from my agent saying that Nina Gold, the casting director, um, wanted to offer me a part in a film and I was just gobsmacked. I just couldn't believe what had just happened Um, and I couldn't stop thanking her for the opportunity. It was really lovely. She'd said uh, she loved the work I did in a TV series that she'd cast me in before called The State by Peter kosminski So, yeah, it was kind of because of that she wanted to put me in Star Wars. So that was just incredible. <laughs>
1: so has this big break led to countless other opportunities?
0: Of course, Star Wars is the top franchise to be part of. So it's definitely a break for me. But as I couldn't talk about the film for over a year and a half, I honestly, I kept it a secret apart from telling my mum and brother. (laughs) Completely couldn't tell anyone. So my agent couldn't talk about it either. So I haven't really been able to use it as a momentum to get me in the room for other auditions. So I'm looking forward to see what kind of auditions come my way and what kind of parts I get seen for and what parts I book. So I'm really, really excited. And then I suppose I'll know how much of a break the film was for me when all these auditions come in.
1: (laughs) What's been the reaction from friends, family and fans?
0: My family and friends have been very supportive. Obviously, my friends didn't know anything about the film for over a year and a half, although they were trying to guess. Um, But my family, they knew, my mum and my brother, um, and also my partner, he knew. I told him a few months after. And so, yeah, they've been very supportive, very excited about me and, you know, about seeing me in the film. But when I did finally tell my friends, that was wonderful. And um, they were just so excited for me. (laughs) And also when I posted it on social media, um, honestly, my phone didn't stop buzzing. It was just nonstop. People congratulating me, sharing um, my posts, messaging, commenting. Um, Yeah, it was just incredible. I I honestly have never had that many likes and comments and shares in my life. In terms of fans, yeah, I've had a couple of people messaging me actually on Facebook asking me to sign stuff. So that should be cool as well.
1: As a relative newcomer to the business, I asked Raghad what it was like to be on such a prestigious film set.
0: So, yeah, I filmed for just over a month at Pine Ridge Studios and also at a park about a 15 minute journey away from the studios. The sets were just incredible. I remember going in, everyone saying, oh, wait till you see it, wait till you see it, wait till you see it. Then when I finally got in to see it, I was just, like, taken aback. It looked like a world, a real world. It was, it was just huge in size and completely epic in detail. Also, like, it felt warm and muggy, just like the planet we were on and um, was supposed to feel like. So it was just completely real. It was just, I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never worked on a film like this before. It was incredible.
1: And how did it feel to don the jacket of a resistance officer?
0: I remember telling the costume designer how I felt really sexy in it, which was (laughs) funny. Just with the whole shirt tucked into the trousers and the boots, I felt really prepared for, like, anything. I just felt strong, confident, big and just ready for anything, which is a great way to feel as a resistance officer.
1: (laughs) What was the atmosphere around her like?
0: The atmosphere on set was incredible. We had hundreds of crew and hundreds of supporting artists. And also the cast, director, first AD was just amazing. It was like a huge party. Actually, we did have at one point, I think we had to wait for clouds or something. And JJ and our first AD, Tommy, started like rapping and singing. And then someone put a song on and everyone in the park, which is where we were filming that day, was just dancing. It was just amazing. They put a song on, all the cast, all the supporting artists, the crew, everybody just started singing and dancing along. It was honestly the best day.
1: (laughs) Why does she think this franchise has touched the hearts and minds of so many?
0: I honestly believe Star Wars has done so well because of the context of the story. I think, I believe, that the film is about love, family, friendship, passion, loyalty, dedication and, of course, adventure. I think it's about loving something so much that you just do anything to save it. It's about finding family in your friends and it's about dedication and sacrifice. Also, I think each character has been written with such detail and backstory and I really, really respect George Lucas' and what he started and also the fact that he had to create his own visual effects and create his own production company just to get exactly what was going on in his mind on screen and also it completely moved um, cinema forward you know we see so much of this kind of stuff now in our films and i think george lucas had a big part to play in that
1: decision time who does she think is the best star wars character
0: Oh, favourite characters, it's a hard one, but I'd have to say the droids, C-3PO, R2-D2 and BB-8, and of course all the other droids, and of course Chewbacca, who's just such a loyal, loyal friend. I love the original storylines very much, so I have to say that I love Han Solo, Leia and Luke as well, because they were just so cool, and Han Solo was hilarious.
1: (laughs) They're all good contenders, but only one choice allowed, who's the best?
0: Well for me I would say Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's controversial or not but do you know what I just love his storyline. I love that you get to see him as a little boy and his relationship with his mother and his passions and then you see him as an adult and what kind of happens there and his love and and then and then he gets taken to the dark side and it's just heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking why he does that. And then, and then you see him again with his son, trying to bring him to the dark side. I think it's just brilliant. And also, as a character, how complex that is. It's a dream to play. I would say he was my favourite character. Not Darth Vader, but Anakin Skywalker. And you know what? It's, it's really human, what he goes through. And that's what I think is so heartbreaking. And I think that's why people connect so much to that storyline, is because even though he becomes evil... We we kind of get it, <laughs> which is crazy to say, but it is, it's human and we are all complex people and I just think it's really wonderful to see kind of turmoil like that um, on screen because we can all connect to certain parts of it, I suppose. So, yeah, Anakin Skywalker is the best character in Star Wars.
1: <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is the best character in Star Wars? Let's ask our studio experts... Is she right? Uh, you, you really got to get on board with Hayden Christensen to say that. <laughs> but from a story
3: perspective, sure. But his performance in Attack of the Clones, I think that might just discount the character right
1: there. Jake Lloyd wasn't much better. No, no, less to work with though. Yes. Okay, Chris, is she right? Anakin Skywalker, the best character in Star Wars. I would
2: disagree fundamentally. However, <laughs> however, um, he does become Darth Vader. <laughs> which you can't have, you know, one without the other. So they're two sides of the same coin, obviously. And uh, it was important for us as fans, as uh, lovers of the story, to see him growing up, to see him going through all of this turmoil, and to see him largely be rejected by the other
1: Jedi. You're listening to Who's the Best Star Wars Character. In a moment, uh, we will uh, go through the list Of contenders. Uh, But don't forget to uh, check out our other shows. You can listen to them all at who's the best.fm. Who's the best is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Listen to episodes like Who's the Best Doctor Who? Who's the Best Star Trek Captain? Who's the Best James Bond? But today's question Who's the Best Star Wars Character? Before I ask my guests who's the best, the mere fact that you're listening to this podcast shows you appreciate free entertainment of top quality. So I wanted to recommend some more. My friends at Big Screen Entertainment Group, a dynamic film, TV and media company, have launched their own streaming platform. You can enjoy watching their content on a new Roku channel called Big Stream Entertainment, or watch through their app, For details, go to bigstreamentertainment.com. Some of the wide variety of winning movies I'd recommend on there are Forget About It, Dirty Love, Babysitter Wanted and Mosquito Man. Plus there are many hours of documentaries to enjoy on history, aviation, sport and pop culture. Thanks to Big Screen and bigstreamentertainment.com for supporting Who's the Best? talking who's the best star wars character with star wars super fans henry Parazek and christopher wyndham now let's start with the most recent uh entry in the star wars franchise the disney plus series the mandalorian chris who's the best character in that baby yoda oh of course who else is there there isn't any <laughs> nothing else he's so perfect and everyone loves him and the fact
3: that he's a puppet and they could have made him cg it's just like that goes hand in hand with everything george did for with
1: baby yoda yeah, baby Yoda, what a what a sensation, so uh, let's talk about the original Yoda.
3: Crazy you be! Interesting you are!
1: Mm. For the prequels, as Henry just mentioned, Lucas went with the soulless CGI version. Did you both prefer the the puppet? Oh yeah,
3: it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Because you see it in seeing the movement and knowing that there's a guy under there, Frank Oz especially, it's, it's just perfect. I love the puppet version the best.
2: He's funny, he's charming, he's old and wise, and the great reveal that he is actually the legendary warrior mm-hmm. that Luke Skywalker has traveled across the galaxy to the Outer Rim to this mystic planet, and then there's just this funny little creature there, and he reveals, oh my god, this is, this is Yoda. This is the great mm-hmm. teacher of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's and weirdly he,
3: sassy. He Dude, is so like funny. The puppet has sass to him.
2: He does. He tries to eat his food. Yeah. He's like tinkering with his toys, and then he just just makes him feel like really stupid. I yeah. love that.
1: Let's uh, talk about some uh, other characters from the uh, the original uh, Star Wars who are still very much uh, uh, beloved. Oh, the the much missed Carrie Fisher, of course, played uh, Princess Leia. Uh, what's her place in the Star Wars universe?
2: Princess Leia is, I think, the epitome of w- what we want to see in female action heroes she doesn't have to tell you that she's powerful she just is she's the princess she's uh the leader she takes the boys by the hand and says someone's got to save our skins right and uh she's she's just perfect and legendary and
1: talking of skins um the racy slave girl number she wore in return of the jedi that jump started a generation of boys sexual awakening was uh, did she have that impact on you chris
2: who didn't she have that impact on <laughs> Uh, you know, so much so that even women across the world cosplay that probably more than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's it's the most uh, mimicked and loved and parodied outfit maybe in cinema history.
3: I mean, you, you even going looking like Friends, like it's in Friends, it's in Fanboys. That's a big costume in that. It's it's crazy how like that costume got more famous. Well, I mean, it's not crazy. We know why it got more famous, but
1: <laughs> uh, Luke Skywalker the original trilogy's actual hero uh such a stealthily fascinating uh character went with this sort of joseph campbell style hero's journey you know the the restless farm boy uh, to be the center of the the spo- space opera he mastered the force where did he, where does luke skywalker sit in star wars history
3: i mean he's the face of it and he's kind of just the perfect archetypal protagonist and even i i'm from iowa and around a bunch of farms and i'm from wisconsin too and He's a farm boy that just wants to get away from nowhere. You relate to him. You are the real life Luke Skywalker. I'd like to think so. Mm -hmm. But he he just, you can project so much hope onto him and just, everyone wants to get out of their hometown and go do more. And he's just so pure. What
2: I love about Luke more than anything is that he doesn't really know who he is. Mm -hmm. He's born um, basically as an orphan. Uh, He's raised by uh, his uncle and aunt. Uh, He never knew his parents. And behind the scenes is this is this wonderful character who kind of watches over him, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and guides him throughout his entire hero's journey until he becomes, like you said, a master of the force and the last great
1: Jedi. Henry, when you were talking about George Lucas's original idea, you said it was kind of like a patchwork of every movie he'd ever loved, assembled for a new audience. Mm-hmm. And and that's very much true with his swashbuckling hero. Mm-hmm. Han Solo, what a character, right? Oh, he's great. He's great. And he was, he's just the bad boy. He's the true bad boy. And
3: his arc is just kind of great to go from someone that's just so, just cares about himself and, and chewy to being willing to risk himself for the rebellion. And I mean, without Han, you can't talk about Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. Just a perfect performance. Harrison
2: Ford. God what a what a what an enigmatic kind of character. He kind of hates Star Wars and loves it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yes. But Han Solo I think is what every every man kind of projects himself to be. Kind of tough on the outside, kind of uh, a rogue, you know, uh, a pirate in some ways, but at the core of him he's quite vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He does sacrifice it all for love and for friendship and all of those things. And on top of it, he's got this great big dog. He travels around the galaxy with.
1: Ah, know. yes, uh, referring of course to uh, Chewbacca, the uh, the quintessential sidekick. What I what I loved about him was that no one in the audience knew what Chewie was ever saying, yeah. uh, but everyone in the Star Wars universe understands yeah. every moan and growl. Brilliant, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah.
3: Have you ever seen the, the holiday special? Were awful, they just
1: awful. Half an hour. That's to... not on Disney Plus. That seems to have been banished to the dustbin of history. The controversial Star Wars holiday special. Oh.
3: It's so hard to get a copy but I got one. But oh. It's all in the Wookiee language and there's no subtitles. So for half of it you just don't know what they're talking about.
2: <laughs> I don't know what cheapened the character of Chewbacca or their entire race of Wookiees more. The holiday special or the new trilogy. Oh
1: oh, yes, so, uh, yeah, he was almost killed off, and then then he wasn't. Yeah, you
2: know? I think that would have actually been a brilliant move, mm. and then they apologised for it two seconds later. Yeah. Through, yeah. Um, I think what makes the first Star Wars great, or any movie, really, is the ability to have vulnerability, uh, that we can lose these characters, that they're not going to be there forever, and when we do lose one of them, it has a great emotional impact. So for one of them to... Kind of fake die and then come back kind of uh, takes away all of that meaning
1: well one of cinema's most magnetic villains and one of Star Wars greatest characters is that tragic figure crying out to be saved Darth Vader talk about an arc oh it it's
3: I mean going hand in hand with what was mentioned about Anakin earlier it's just it kind of is a new hero's journey because you take just going from a good guy and going to arguably the most famous evil villain at all, while only having 15 minutes of screen time, George created a perfect silhouette, and then he gives us hope when he turns back around. He shows that we're never too far gone to be good,
1: no matter what we've done. And uh, yeah, Chris, the Star Wars universe is really about the rise, fall, and eventual redemption of Luke's father, isn't it? Absolutely.
2: Uh, There is no Star Wars without the turning of Anakin Skywalker to the dark side. You could say that maybe Palpatine could have chosen somebody else, but the story always revolved around Anakin. You know, it's his son that comes back and is the new hope and becomes the last Jedi. Um, It's his family line Mm -hmm. that is passed on. Uh, Yoda even looks to uh, Luke and says, uh, pass on what you have learned. Uh, So he's, he's the keeper of the keys, so to speak.
1: The very first main character to appear on screen in A New Hope is uh, C-3PO. And uh, he was also the very first of the uh, the Star Wars actors I met. I'll never forget when we were locked in a closet together. Um that, uh, that that came about when Anthony Daniels, uh, who played C-3PO, uh, was doing a personal appearance at a store in Britain. I think he was uh, autographing some VHS uh, copies uh, back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a huge crowd turn out to meet him, and I had an interview arranged. And so the store manager says, well, we need to put you sort of like somewhere quiet, um, you know, so you can do the interview be- before the personal appearance Um but you know we don't have a green room we're not a tv studio but we have this little storage closet so Puts me and Anthony Daniels in the storage closet and closes the door, we're sitting there in the dark, um, you know. And, and uh, I, I, I can barely see oh, him. And, and then so I, so I, uh, I, I start speaking to him. And Anthony, um, you know, he he affects that wonderfully uh, effeminate received pronunciation voice for C three PO, and and seemed somewhat in character. So I started by by saying, um, Anthony, it's so lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for the for uh, the interview. Um, you know, I'm such a huge fan of uh, of Star Wars. Wasn't a huge fan of of, of your performance as c 3 po And he goes, Would you like to see it? I I I, I said I, I said, excuse me, he goes, it it's right here between my legs. Shall I get it out? <laughs> and and I was like, you it wasn't the kind of fan encounter I was I was looking for. I was I was very confused. And I said, No 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 you're all right thank, thanks. He said, No, no, I, I know you say you don't want to see it. But as a fan, you know, I I I I know what you want, you know. And uh <laughs> And then he takes out his helmet, and it no. was C-3PO's helmet, which he keeps in a hold-all bag, you know, that was no. in, that, at was, feet, and he brings it along to personal appearances. And so there I was, able to polish Anthony Daniels' helmet, and it was just a great, <laughs> a great moment uh, for me in Star Wars history. I didn't have to shout, let me out, let me yeah. out! Yeah. And uh, he was wonderful. Uh, so many great stories, uh, great, uh, great talent. And uh, C-3PO, what... Uh, uh, What a journey he goes on in the Star Wars universe. I think um,
2: next to Luke, honestly, I feel that C-3PO has one of the greater character arcs in, in the whole story. All the characters have great arcs, but C-3PO goes from this uh, animated robot, uh, this protocol droid, who his whole job is just to uh, recapitulate things that people tell him and translate them into another language. Um, And he doesn't have very much self-esteem. He's kind of terrified and prone to his duty. He's scared to run off with R2-D2, but does it anyway. And uh, says, I'm not much of a storyteller. But then by the end of Return of the Jedi, we see that he's undergone this incredible transformation. He takes in all of these stories and all of the experiences that he's gone through and tells it to the Ewoks with voices, with sound effects, with such a, a great facility over everything that he's captured and experienced and becomes this legendary character almost godlike
1: well he's fluent in over six million forms of communication although we only ever really hear him say affected stage british don't we? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, your view henry on uh, c-3po
3: i love c-3po um and it it the whole series George always said that he wanted the series to feel like R2D2 and C3PO were telling the story so that really goes with what you're talking about he says he's not a storyteller but the whole idea is that he's telling the story over and it's amazing that he and R2 are the only characters that made it through the whole Skywalker saga and Mm -hmm. I think that the new movies kind of severely underused him minus Rise of Skywalker which actually gave him a role to do but he's kind of perfect he's a A sassy British butler
1: (laughs) in space. those are always entertaining. (laughs) Before we move on to the new series, a a couple more of the greats. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love Obi-Wan. Alec Guinness
3: is, he kind of fit that mentor role so perfectly and brought such a light presence to Obi-Wan. He's just so wise and he gave not only a strong role in the movie, but to all the actors, he he kind of took them all under his wing and showed them this is how how you do it. and for Obi-Wan as a character to, to kind of give up his adult life to just watch over Luke and protect Luke, he's he's almost, in a way, a, a stronger hero than Luke because he gave up his life just to sit on a rock and watch a kid that he couldn't even interact with. Absolutely.
2: Alec Guinness brought uh, a level of seriousness to Star Wars that it needed to bring it beyond just a kid's show and say that this is a real, real film. Um, he's an experienced and respected actor and uh, and well loved even before Star Wars, and that even gave it that extra level of of professionalism and cinematic something that it needed for all of us to fall in love with.
1: Natalie Portman performed a kind of similar role in the prequels because no one doubts her acting ability. she's one of the the best that we've got you've uh you you've met her what was that experience like Christopher and did you faint? It was euphoric
2: uh it was one of the best moments of my Uh, younger life because uh, she was so gorgeous in that character and so uh, powerful and wonderful in the headdresses and the incredible costumes that went Mm -hmm. into her character to show her as kind of a new layer almost this young powerful queen that everybody looks up to and follows and uh, to see her in real life to see Natalie portman um who you know you knew from leon and other great films there she was, she was lovely and striking, and you felt that presence, that kind of uh, royal figure about her, and just seeing her, like, you you, you don't have words when you meet Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Did you find
1: the words to ask her to autograph your lightsaber? I didn't. Oh, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a missed opportunity. Any other prequel characters we should consider? You know, Mace Windu, uh, Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. <laughs> anybody, anybody we're missing from that? I think Mace
3: is is such a good character and you know, Sam Jackson might have been a little underserved with that. Um and actually Tupac was supposed to play that role. Tupac was supposed to play Mace. Yeah, George Windu. Lucas wanted Tupac. Wow. And then Tupac sadly passed away oh. and Mace went or Sam Jackson stepped up to the plate, yeah. but he's he's such a cool character. And he's just so strong with what's, what he's got.
1: Yeah. Um The Emperor also uh features in those and in the most recent one, um, there's the corruption of Anakin Skywalker, and he's the sort of the shadowy leader of a religious cult who dismantles the Republic. Uh, there's Senator Palpatine, uh, also known as Darth Sidious. He's he's Darth Vader's boss, and you know he's the true evil of of the franchise, mm-hmm. isn't he? You know, and uh, the rise of Skywalker sort of ends with him bringing back the uh, the big bad. Um, what do you think of the Emperor? He's such a good archetype, and I think
3: Ian McDiarmid brought kind of almost a shakespearean kind of presence to the character that is a great through line and he just kind of knew what he was doing at all times he never tried to make him good he just knew that he was playing the bad guy and just fully went for it down to the voice kind of his physicality and he's just kind of scary there's no redeeming factor to him and that's what you need in a a franchise like this you need the pure good and you need the pure bad and that's exactly what exactly what palpatine is
1: One of the villains that was brought back in the first of the Star Wars uh, spin-off movies was Peter Cushing's uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, Mm. Which of the two interpretations was the most successful, um, do you think? Certainly not the CGI one (laughs) with the weird eyes. (laughs) I I guess the special effects could only go so so far, but uh, yeah, you can't beat the original with Peter Cushing, can you? Oh, no. He's...
2: He's a character that's vastly underexplored, I think, and I think he could have had a greater role going forward. Um, he was brilliant.
1: Well, maybe he'll get a Disney Plus spin-off series. He was the
2: I- only other character that actually had some control over Vader, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we saw in the boardroom when they're having that that great discussion, and Vader chokes the one the one guy who questions his religion, and uh Grandma Tarkin stands there and says, Vader, enough of this.
1: And he lets him go. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Now, we've not yet discussed (laughs) R2-D2. For me, he can just be easily tipped over. What's
3: all the fuss about? He's just kind of the first cute character of Star Wars, but he serves such a good purpose. He is almost the original. He's more than a MacGuffin, but he's one of the first things that we see. and You know, he's got to protect R2 the whole time, and he's perfect for kids to, like... He's the perfect robot to just draw for anyone to see and it's just such strong imagery and character design to him.
2: R2 is iconic, but I think he's more than just a bit character because mm-hmm. he does repair the X-wing which goes on to blow up the Death Star. He does carry Luke Skywalker's lightsaber into Jabba's palace and which is a great reveal mm-hmm. that he's yes, he's serving drinks, you know, and he just kind of jokingly says, "Oh, what are you doing, R2?" I'm serving cocktails, I can see you're serving cocktails, but then when Luke makes his great appearance there, then the lightsaber shoots out, and then Luke uses the force to catch it, and then destroys Jabba's minions, and you know, mm-hmm. saves the day,
3: R2 is part of all that. Oh yeah, and the, the sound design to the character is so good, It's just, he beeps, and yet we know
1: exactly his emotion, we know what he's saying, and no he's doubt. not saying any words. R2 was also part of the Rise of Skywalker, which uh, ends the Skywalker saga, but of course the Star Wars saga uh, continues to run. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, writer-director Taika Waititi, uh, has been tasked with uh, creating a new uh, Star Wars film. Disney's CEO Bob Iger has said very much that the immediate future of Star Wars uh, is on their streaming uh, service, Disney+. Plus. We've also mentioned The Mandalorian. Coming eventually will be the much-delayed uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And uh, after uh, Baby Yoda, can Baby Chewbacca or Baby Jabba mm-hmm. the Hutt be far behind? They're going to milk this cash cow. After all, they did pay over $4 billion to George Lucas mm-hmm. uh, for the rights to the, to, to the franchise. What do you think George thinks of what they've done with his work, Henry? He's kind of come on record that
3: he re- he did not enjoy force awakens because he thought and this is true to a certain extent they didn't do anything new with it and he thought with his prequels that he was just pushing technology and the story into ways that people didn't think star wars could go and he thought that they kind of regressed with that first film and then he hasn't spoken as much towards last jedi but i think it's hard because you know while we all kind of look at star wars as our baby it is literally his baby and kind of disney got it in the divorce <laughs> and they can do whatever they They can raise the kid however they Beautifully want. Put, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: we've been asking Star Wars fans around the world to vote for who's the best Star Wars character. Uh, before we get to the public result, uh, we need to uh, discuss more of the characters from the, the newest cinematic trilogy. So uh, let me throw out to our panellists the names and uh, get their quick opinions on each. Ray. Wow, listen to yeah, that yeah, silence. Yeah. Silence speaks volumes. You, you have
2: to you have to step very carefully when you talk about Ray because she is um she's a symbol for young girls mm-hmm. um but at the same time I think because we've had so many incredible princess layers and you know great women in history already Ray had so much to stand up to and not enough writing to back
1: her whole character So you don't blame Daisy Ridley You blame the, the scripts You know, being un- undeveloped for the character And not having the impact she should have had Absolutely In your opinion Okay um,
2: I, I think that she could have been given uh, A greater stack of cards um, And she did I guess like Jar Jar Binks uh, What she was told with the character That she was
1: given Wow mm-hmm. Henry, you're squirming in your seat Let's see yeah. what you really think about
3: Ray. I, I I like Ray, And I think you mentioned the big thing with Ray is that she is such a good, strong symbol hmm. Um And I think that I I kind of like the writing, but it's hard because in Force Awakens, she is just the Luke archetype down to a T. Like she's from a desert planet, kind of had to learn on her own and just look up to the rebelling and just hope to get off this planet. But I like where uh, Last Jedi took her. And I think it kind of pushed her in a way that Empire didn't quite push Luke. That might be a controversial thing to say, but I think the fact that Kylo was able to be kind of a love interest added a complexity that you didn't get. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I have to
2: go back to that real quick, uh oh. only because we had Luke, we saw Luke mm-hmm. grow and progress and be vulnerable. He mm-hmm. got his hand chopped off and he grew, and he went to the dark side. We saw him lose his control in his mm-hmm. anger and almost kill his own father mm-hmm. uh we didn't see any of that from Ray; we didn't see her learn anything. All of a sudden she's this brand new character and she already knows how to not only fly the Millennium Falcon, but fix it in ways that Han Solo never could, you know, she bypassed the hyperdrive, you know, and we don't actually see her learn or grow or absorb any of the things that she's taught. She just kind of goes on and becomes this legendary character that can defeat the most powerful bad guy that we know in the Star Wars universe. Mm hmm.
1: Well, talking of bad guys in the Star Wars universe who uh, do question their place in the, in the galaxy and whether they're good or bad, Kylo Ren. I love Kylo. I think he's such a, a good
3: hand-in-hand dialogue with, with Vader because he has that strong imagery. But in these three movies, he kind of goes through the whole Anakin and Darth Vader arc very quickly. And I, I almost personally like Ben Solo more than I like Kylo Ren because I do kind of view them as, as two different characters. But mm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Kylo. And a lot of it is Adam Driver because he's just... He's such a strong
1: actor. He's fantastic. Yeah, as I said earlier, yes, a real, real strength of this this franchise.
2: I think that Kylo Ren is the perfect symbol for this whole new series because uh, what we had of him before we even saw uh, the Force Awakens was we have a new Vader. Vader mm-hmm. died. We saw him being burned. We saw his body. We saw his transition, and then now there is a new Darth Vader. And who we, who is he? We didn't know that he was Ben Solo. Or, or whatever we just saw this great dark figure and then he comes right out the gate with a cool ship he stops a bolt in mid-air with using the dark side so mm-hmm. he's very powerful and very scary and he just chops down this old man who is kind of the obi-wan of the new series cuts him down in the first thing and he's he's powerful and that's what we wanted to see a new villain and then he just wimps out. He takes off his shirt. He starts crying. He starts tearing up his bedroom. He just becomes this 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 sad emo character. Emo Ren. That's what we got.
1: <laughs> Finn, a hero for a new generation.
3: We never really had a character like Finn, a stormtrooper that disbanded and really had no identity. Because even Ray, who is a no one, or Luke is a no one, they at least know that they want to get off. But Finn is... He's in a bad spot and just follows his gut to leave. And I think that's a, a good role model to give to kids today. Um and I, I think John Boyega brought a nice a nice presence to the character. I think that the the other movies kind of forgot about Finn a little bit, but I, I, I like Finn a lot in The Force Awakens.
1: Yeah, I kinda of thought he was underserved. What did you think about Finn? I thought that his character went
2: nowhere and mm-hmm. had so much great potential. He had the he had the opportunity again to be to be vulnerable, you know. Mm-hmm. It bothers me a great deal that he he kind of ended up just being comic relief. You know, even Han Solo looked at him and said, That's not how the force works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh yes, he did turn away from the first order to become the first stormtrooper ever to walk away and mm-hmm. and have the potential to have a story. Mm-hmm. But then all he does is, you know, kind of run around chasing girls. Yeah. And he doesn't go any farther than that.
1: What about Poe Dameron then, as played by Oscar Isaac? I love Oscar Isaac's
3: portrayal, but he kind of is similar to Finn, where they almost have a similar arc in every movie. Like they start as a, or for Poe especially, he starts as a hothead. He calms down and he has to focus on the mission. Last Jedi, it's kind of the same thing. And he doesn't have much to do in that one. But Should
1: they have become lovers? Would have that taken Star Wars in an interesting new direction? <laughs> I would have loved to see that. Mm-hmm. But. No, you no, see no. any sexual tension
2: there, Chris? In those two? Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were all over each other from the beginning, and I don't—I can't explain it. Even Oscar Isaac said off-screen, "Oh, I wish they'd have had a romance." Yeah, um, I don't think that would have added to the characters uh, at all, um, because again, I blame the writing. Uh, the characters just never went anywhere.
1: I think BB-8 came between them. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what? Do you, what do you think of BB-8?
2: <laughs> I think BB-8 uh, started out as the new R2D2, but. He he didn't have quite the the pizzazz or the power or the uh, I, the jeunesse je quoi about R two D two. He didn't do anything. He just rolled around and
3: he's kind of the quintessential Disney character of the new trilogy. Like he's made to kind of sell toys. He and is, he the, a he is the toy seller. Yeah. He
2: doesn't he doesn't fix ships. He doesn't give any advice or offer any jokes. Mm-hmm. Um. He doesn't. Kill any stormtroopers using you know, magic oil and fire and he doesn't fly or do any of the cool things that we saw R2 doing. He just is. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: the frustration of true he, fans. He's that's a f- what, football. That, he's a yeah. football. <laughs> wow. That's, that's what makes Who's the Best the show it is. You know, so many of our listeners have been reaching out to us on uh, social media. We're at Who's the Best Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and the most popular thing for ages is you've wanted us to do... Who's the best Star Wars character? And many of you have been sending in their suggestions. Uh, Among them is Star Wars superfan, writer, actress and producer, Sarah Lynn Dawson. Here are her thoughts on Who's the best Star Wars character?
4: Hi, everyone. So I've loved Star Wars ever since I was a little girl, watching the films with my family. I remember watching the three original films that George Lucas made, and my brother had the toys. And it was just, I was blown away by the imagination and the magic aspect of the Force and Yoda. And it's just such an inspirational journey that Luke Skywalker goes on. He discovers these friends and this dysfunctional family. And I just thought, wow, these films are incredible. Um, So I have to say that my favorite Star Wars character would be Chewbacca and the reason for this is because he's in nearly every film, I think he's in seven of them. And he's always there, he's very supportive, he has a great friendship with Han Solo, and I think he's just a great friend, and he has an iconic voice, and I guess battle cry, and just when you hear him, you know it's him, and I think he's just fantastic. So my vote goes for Chewie.
1: So Sarah goes for Chewbacca. I'm delighted to say Chewie is actually here joining us in the studio. What do you think of that support from the fans, Chewie? Well, thank you. I understood every word of that. I think uh I think uh, Well Henry, said. Yes. Henry, um you speak Wookiee. What was Chewie saying there? I Think he said we made the right call. She All right. right call. Okay, so before we go to the result of the public vote, it's time to ask our studio guests who they think is the best ever Star Wars character, Henry. So my vote for the best Star Wars character
3: is Leia, Um, and we spoke about her earlier, and she is kind of the quintessential strong female character, and she came at a time in 1977 where I think big franchises didn't have a character quite like her, and obviously you can't talk about Leia without talking about Carrie Fisher, because her performance is so pitch perfect at every point she can match up with Harrison Ford who has so much charisma but she somehow you want to almost watch her more than you want to watch Han and I think she almost more so than any other character has transcended outside of Star Wars you know you look at the women's rallies that they have Leia is a symbol for everybody she's a symbol for young girls She now with general Leia she's a symbol for older women too and Carrie owned Leia almost more than any other actor did she wrote books about her time as Leia she is Leia and she just loves the family aspect and how much family relates to Star Wars to the point where she had her daughter, Billy Lord, join the franchise. Um, she, just, she just deeply loved Leia and you can see that in her performance and she just, she's just so much fun to watch. And as a character, Leia gave her whole life to fighting evil, like from when she was a child to even giving her life to stop Kylo Ren. I mean, her whole life she gave to the Rebellion.
1: Pretty convincing yeah. argument, um, you know, and I can never uh, forget <laughs> that that great moment uh, with with Han Solo. I love you, I know, and and that response by <laughs> Han Solo uh, for me makes him the best character in the Star Wars universe. He's he's so much more than the the smug swashbuckler. He's a he's a scoundrel. He's a he's a he's a fly boy. He's 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 Star Wars' his most vital asset, and Harrison Ford there's a movie star. I mean you just want to watch him even in you know the rise of skywalker even though he only has 30 seconds mm-hmm. such is his magnetism and presence it's the best 30 seconds you know of the of the whole film and to me han solo is star wars he's the reason why i love it more than more than anything else uh, christopher is han solo your vote for the best star wars character
2: well first I'll start and say i don't think that there is one true best because I love well, both you of those the characters. Wrong show, yeah. However, <laughs> since this is since we have to vote, I would say no. And my favorite character, I think the best part of Star Wars for me, is Darth Vader himself, uh, mm. the villain, the powerful figure, the the father. Vader actually means father in uh, Danish, I think. I think it's German. Vader. Vader. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to give you my reasons for why I chose Darth Vader. One, the series is about him. The prequels are about his uh, young life. But um, beyond just his story, who he portrays on screen is so incredibly powerful. He's this sophisticated villain who is so powerful, in fact, that he really doesn't have to talk very much. And when he delivers a line, the entire screen stops. He's He's genuine when he has guests, as we saw when he invited them over for dinner, Han Solo shoots at him, but he just deflects the bolt (laughs) and says, we would be honored if you would join us. So he doesn't have quite the temper tantrum as Kylo Ren, uh, but he is always in control, always powerful and always evil, which is something that great films and uh, great heroes need. They need that other side. They need the dark side for the light.
1: Well, that's what we think, but what do you think? It's the public vote that counts. Will it be a hero or will it be a villain? We have been asking Star Wars fans around the world. Listeners have been messaging in. We have the result. It's time to reveal who's the best Star Wars character. I shall announce the results in reverse order. According to the public vote, the third best Star Wars character is Darth Vader. In second place for best Star Wars character, Princess Leia. And in first place, the public have spoken. The best Star Wars character is Han Solo. Oh, this is rigged. For once, for (laughs) once on this show. (laughs) The great public agree with me. I demand a recount. (laughs) It wasn't even... Well, it was pretty close, actually. But still, Han Solo is the winner. Um, Clearly, as we've learned from this discussion, you know, uh, opinion is everything and you're very divided on this. But, uh, you know, this is what the public think. Three Darth Vader, two Princess Leia, one Han Solo. Uh, Before we go, a reaction from each of you to that result. I'll take it. I'll take it. I think it's a fair vote. Well, I'm glad you accept it. Yes, you still want a recount, Chris. Yes, (laughs) because...
2: I think Darth Vader has more story and more, more written about him and we're con- continuing to see more about Darth Vader come out. There's even a new virtual reality game that's come out, Darth Vader Immortal, where we actually get to see more of Darth Vader. And I think people want to see more of Darth Vader than Han
1: Solo. You just can't accept the result of the public yeah. vote, <laughs> can you? Yeah. I, I love it. Well, uh, Henry Paratek, who's played George Lucas, who uh, <laughs> wrote uh, the wonderful play George. I understand there's a George Lucas Museum coming soon here in Los Angeles. Uh, what's going to be? What's going to be in that? I actually don't know as much about that as I would
3: like. Um, it, I think it opens up next year, um, but he. He just loves cinema, and I think it's not mostly focused on his stuff, but it's about the world of cinema as a whole, and he wants people to be able to see what inspired him. You know what I want to see
1: in it? I want to see the framed $4 billion check that Disney (laughs) gave him (laughs) to basically take the Star Wars franchise and say, we'll take your baby from here. (laughs) Uh, We've had different reactions about how that baby has been treated, but that's what makes Who's the best the best check out our previous episodes on who's the best.fm message us and tell us what you'd like to hear on a future show that's at who's the best pod thank you for listening and may the force be with you always who's
4: the
0: best the best